This is Bottom of the Bill. You know, success is never what you think it looks like. We're all doing what we got to do to kind of get by in this thing, and whatever that looks like is just what it looks like. There isn't a finish line, I think, is a good way to think about it. There's yeah, not exactly. a finish line. There's, there's not a point that you get to where, like, I did it. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely successful. Everyone take notes from me. Longevity in this industry is one of the hardest things to achieve, I think. If you're out there grinding, you're working, you're talking to people, you're communicating, you're promoting, you're you're playing shows, you're emailing, texting, you know, like doing all that groundwork. If you're doing stuff like that, you're doing it. You're in the industry. The best thing you can do is not stop. If you believe in something and you're getting good feedback and you feel like it's going somewhere, sticking around is a pretty powerful force. All right, guys, welcome to Bottom of the Bill. Uh, how do we usually start these things off anyways? It's a mix between high and low energy with our <laughs> with our two that we've run so far. Yeah. One. Hey, the f- the hey guys, I, I'm, I'm Anton. I just played a jam. Yeah. And yeah, the, the other first... one is I'm Anton and I'm very tired. Yeah. Well, the first one we did, we came in after the Southern Grill Jam w- uh, with West. Oh, at night? Yeah. Uh-huh. We just came in and just fucking like, we were like both flying high after that and we're just like fucking went right into it just felt so natural and then other times i'm like how are we gonna start this conversation off so i guess we've already started it off it so. is it has happened i can't hear what my guests are saying but um so uh like some cool what's been going on with you chris um had some uh had some just gigs this weekend um highlight for sure was the blue jay time wise single release yeah how'd that go it was really good um that's our second gig ever with that band jeremy and i play in uh in time wise and um yeah, the first one was really fun and energetic, but like musically was had a little left on the table, I feel like. But uh, you know, we we tightened up a lot of stuff and got everyone really musically on point and had a pretty decent crowd and it was a really, really fun gig. It was a good time. Hell yeah. And uh, we we put the single out into the world. It's out everywhere. You can stream Golden Boy. Is it on title though? It's on title. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jeremy had a big we weren't gonna do it, you know. You know, I don't know how you feel about Jay Z. Yeah, so, so we uh, we almost didn't, but Jeremy he convinced me. So, um, how was the turnout? It was pretty solid. We probably had what 40, 50 people, something like that, ish, something like that. It was. Uh, I had a lot of friends out of town, so it wasn't as many people as that I wanted to yeah. come, but it was decent. Yeah, for a band that has only existed for a couple months, pretty pretty decent in my book. Yeah, that's awesome, though. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a highlight for sure. And then it was just, you know, regular good old gigs nice. the rest of the weekend. I went down to Orlando on Saturday and then stayed Sunday also. And I had like some friends of mine visiting town or whatever. And, um, it's always good for me. Like seeing these are like my friends from high school and really just all high school. So it's cool to be able to go and do that. Cause I was like, before I was really like playing music at all so or at least professionally so um it for me it helps like i don't like using the word grounded um but certainly like anchors you to like this place where like i don't know just like before you started doing things like the way that you're doing them now so like you know it just kind of brings back like a youthful thing i think that helps me just remember where i came from I guess remember who you are and who you were exactly try and not let the two stray too far yeah exactly it's easy like when you're doing as you guys know when you pursue music and like you know you're you're learning about all these different things you know professionally and creatively and 
I think there's like you evolve as a person as you get older too, and um, you can kind of lose sight of who you were. And although it's good to change, I think there are elements that you don't want to forget, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that for me, going and seeing my friends like that is is that thing, and it's very um, therapeutic for me. Um, that being said, it's good to be back and back at work because yeah, I can get lost in the sauce. <laughs> totally. How was the yeah. uh, how was the traffic? Was that nice and meditative and humbling <laughs> and? Well, grounding. Uh, the times that I so I left like around I left here like at noon on Saturday, That's so the traffic was fine solid, yeah. in Orlando That's when I got there, and then it was also Saturday, and then you never know the man. Yeah, the four hundred eight can be a bit of a, uh, a clusterfuck sometimes. Or no, What's sorry, I four, I four right. I four is the the bad one that yeah. I've encountered. Yeah, yeah, it can be a bit of it can be pretty gnarly, but it, it wasn't too bad when I was there. So you know that's pretty much how my week went i had oh and then when i was there i found out i had like all of my saturdays and sundays canceled at some spot that i will not name Dang. uh for the rest of the year because of football season so oh, that does narrow mm, it down they just forgot that there was football no and i'll give them and i'll give them the credit they deserve because we talked about it when we booked these dates like back in february he was like, I might have to cancel some of these because of football season. So I'm going to give you like a lot of them. Uh, so that way they're not like all gone. Yeah. So he gave me like dates on like Thursdays and stuff too. And Fridays. Oh, there's football on Thursday too. I know, but he lets yeah. me keep those and I can start really late because the games always go late. So oh, I love that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, all Saturdays and Sundays got canceled. So that was all of them. pretty lame. Yeah, Damn. every single one. So now like literally... My calendar for Saturdays and Sundays has opened up like drastically. It's a wow. real big problem, wow. but I will figure it out because I got to yeah. save some money and do some things I'm trying to do. That I'm not going to talk about right now, but um, it's about feet. It's about <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a serious foot makeover. You beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, so that's pre- pretty much how my week's been going. How about you guys? Pretty good. Uh, you know, I just had a similar. I actually just went to Orlando last weekend. Oh, as for well. real? Um, and I saw my friend just graduated college, and I went and saw her and had. She's like that. She's one of the the friends I've had since I was you know five six years old, and oh. and we don't see each other a lot, but it's definitely a a refresher, like a kind of stepping back into myself, out of the grind and out of the you know just constantly whatever is constantly on my mind about furthering my career and you know shedding getting my chops up like that is all i think about 24 7 and i'm I'm here i'm like ah childhood memories like you know it's a very similar experience to what you described yeah and then i came back and did some bar gigs yeah (laughs) Yeah, we all got to do that. We're just fucking make ends meet right now. Yeah. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I actually, uh, one of my best friends from since like uh, my freshman year of high school came into town um, with some of his college buddies and um, literally the same kind of experience this past weekend. I don't know what it is. I guess this it's this time of the year where everyone's transitioning about to like start their new fall schedules and stuff and just wanted to catch up with like old people or something like that. But he came into town and he was just asking me all about like the gigs I've been doing and the bands that I'm in and 
all the projects that I'm putting together and he was like listening to like the new single that Starcaller put out and stuff and I was just uh some of his roommates from college were there and I remember going up and visiting them like five or six years ago and just getting into like jazz music and all this stuff and like kind of just started to form my identity as a musician like around the around these times and I looked back on those times when I when I met all of them and just realized how my musical identity has uh formulated so much since that's since those years and playing festivals and playing all kinds of different cities in Florida and and playing some shows out of state and that kind of thing so it's just like a a recap but also like humbling in a way because I realized how much stuff out there there is that I want to do still Mm -hmm. and how I'm just like having such a great time um, achieving certain goals but still like deeply unsatisfied with with like not the career that I've had like in the past but just like unsatisfied with where I am and I just want to keep going and keep progressing and it's a good thing it's a good thing being unsatisfied yeah totally yeah not reaching that level of contentness where you're Staying just hungry yeah exactly because yeah. yeah. a lot a lot of people will get to that point it's like well I've done this and I've done that and yeah. you know I'm you know and I've, I deserve this type situation and like or you just get comfortable where you're at and that's yeah that shit stunts your growth man mm. yep Yep. So, uh, and oh, also for those who don't know, the, uh, we, these are Starcaller guys. You got KP <laughs> and Jeremy on this intro with us today. We definitely didn't just do a podcast with them. Um, and uh, this week on the show, we have Andrew Scotchy, who's a good friend of ours from Asheville. Uh, I've had the luxury of doing several tours with them and working with them closely over the years. And he's a, a really just great guy. And uh, he was on the show promoting his new album, Love Is Enough. Uh, and honestly, I've been listening to it a lot lately. It's very well done. Great songwriting. But if you're familiar with the work he's done with the River Rats, it's a bit of a departure from that. But I think it's um, a good thing. It's definitely like new and refreshing. So, um, yeah, check out the album. And here's the episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Let us know what you think. Peace. This is Bottom of the Bill. <laughs> so what's been going on man how's how's life hey anton how you doing <laughs> good to see you man it's been a it's been a crazy busy month but a good month you know a lot of good stuff uh happened for the music and just also finding time on like the personal front just to kind of stop and appreciate stuff and um learning how to cope with stress better i'd say <laughs> yeah man you know? i feel like that's Thank kind of for that i feel like that's kind of something that's in the ether right now um I think that because uh, I'm going through like a similar thing also where, where there's a lot of kind of uh, looking inward and trying to learn how to cope with things and manage things better, cutting out certain things from your life and just kind of trying to keep on the right track and stay focused. And um, I think that I'm certainly not alone in that. Um, and the people that I've been speaking with all seem to be on a similar journey. So I'm curious about, you know, what's been going on with you on, on that front and what has there been like a big catalyst in your life that's made you kind of want to uh, recalibrate, I guess. Yeah, is uh, 
you know, as as cheesy as it might sound, I mean, turning 30 definitely was, it, it, it kind of opened up a new chapter in my life. I mean, how can it not? Yeah. And the album that I put out last month, it definitely... It, it it feels like uh it was it it was a pretty bold decision to to put out you know uh, a pretty different style of music you know because I've been putting out records since two thousand and like twelve two thousand thirteen and this new album is kind of a departure um in a in a, in a pretty natural way from my previous sound and is exploring some new things and. I think that that was in itself that was inspiring and it gave me some confidence and you know be like yeah you can you can do completely different things and people are still going to take interest and um I think just connections you know with the with the body as well you know like I'm learning how to tour and uh in a, in in a more uh ergonomical and healthy way I would say um yeah I uh <laughs> I I had I had a bulging disc in my back. I guess I still technically do, but oh, Jesus, um, you've happened? seen our shows. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, like I did like a somersault at Soundcheck, um, okay. like the day that it it happened. And but the doctor's like, man, it could have been anything. It could have been leading up for weeks, and there was like no no telling. So damn thirty hit um, you hard, huh, dude? <laughs> it was funny. It was funny because I was uh, I was joking with everybody. I was like, "Oh man, thirty. Let me tell you, man, thirty is gonna hit, and it's all just downhill from there." I was being really dark about it, and um, we did that hometown birthday show that we do every year at the music hall that you you know you guys did with us uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, and uh, right after sound check, uh, it it happened. And I couldn't get off the floor. I couldn't straighten my back or anything like that. It was fucking awful. Oh, fuck, man. And uh, so I roll in to the venues, packed out hometown show. Uh, I'm like 30 minutes late. And uh, I roll in and my cousin has one side. You know, my girlfriend has has my other side. I'm just like limping in. And everybody thought I was joking. They're like, oh, ha, ha very funny very funny i'm like no i'm like actually injured and um i had to play in a like a chair like a throne almost but yeah a lot of people oh, thought i was no faking shit. it and i was yeah and uh just for the record i absolutely 100 <laughs> percent was not i mean you've seen our shows and you know you know like you know how theatrical i like to be and everything yeah, so totally. that was scary man um it definitely put a lot in perspective for me and it made me um, I mean, we, we, we had less than a month after that show to get ready for a tour out west. That was going to be three weeks. And I had really no choice but to heal and heal as quickly as possible. Um, so I think that that put a lot in perspective for me and um, made me uh, get a deeper appreciation. You know, I've, I've always appreciated what I do, you know, and, and, and the fact that I get to do it for a living and everything. But after you're laying in bed and you can't do shit for weeks and then you have to kind of heal yourself and get yourself back to what was normal. Um, it, it makes you really, really appreciate it. I did not really think that any of those shows were going to happen that we did in February out in Colorado and stuff. I just was, not really sure it was flying by the seat of my pants and they actually turned out to be uh, the best ones we've ever done out there wow maybe going into it with the kind of you know new appreciation for everything 
maybe that kind of helped with the mindset a little bit going into them. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's different now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> how are you, uh, how are you touring more like ergonomically and what, what kind of things are you kind of implementing into the, into the routine now? Cause as we all know, touring is a very, uh, yeah. it takes a toll, man. It's a rough lifestyle. Let's talk about touring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my biggest, my biggest tip would be to get one of those like yoga back roller things. Oh yeah, and uh, because you know when you're in the van for e- even just like three to ten hours, you know, just anywhere in there, I think that around like two to three hours is when your body starts to be like, all right. And um, I, movement is such an important thing. So like I I use one of those back rollers, and I'll do that before every show. Um, you actually turned me on to that. You turned me on to yeah. that in Charleston as we played at the, at the poor house together up there. And uh, you were like, yo, you should try this back roller thing. I do it before every show. It really helps. And I did it. And in the process of doing it, I was like, this is ridiculous. And then when I got, <laughs> when I got done, I was like, holy shit, I feel way more mobile now. And I, I remember yeah. like that night specifically being like a good, like a good show. So I don't know if that mm-hmm. is what did it, but it definitely felt like it helped a lot. When you feel good, you play great, man. You know, you feel great, you play great, and it's uh, it's important, and it's you know something I didn't do when I was 22. You know, like touring around in a in a in, in a minivan, just slammed to the gills with stuff, and you know back then you could sleep on a dog bed or like a you know a kitchen floor and be totally fine. Now it's right. not necessarily like that, and it's just little things like that. Um, really really good food just try not to eat you know shit is <laughs> uh, really important yeah man that's such a um another aspect that i think is like not talked about enough is just eating right and taking care of your body and everything to like help you with that grueling lifestyle at least the best that you can there's not always time mm-hmm. to stop and and you know do the things necessary but to get it in while you can uh when you're on the road is super important to keeping a healthy mindset absolutely i think it's also just important like like mentally for your mental health just to kind of keep things in perspective and even on like a hard night where uh maybe you know you play in front of 20 to 50 people and only four or five of them are really tuned in and really listening to what you're saying and everything you got to try to remind yourself that um what you're doing is is a really special thing and um, there's a lot of people out there that that want to be doing it. So I try to remind myself um, that while I've put in um, a ton of hard work over the past 10 years and uh, physically broken my back at times, um, <laughs> it definitely is uh, something I considered myself to be fortunate to have, you know. And yeah. I take it very seriously and I, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, especially man. especially with this, like like the new songs and everything. It's been really cool to see people singing them and just taking the message especially coming out of the world that we've been in for the past three years you know it, it, it kind of feels like this summer things are really like back back and it's like scary to even say because i don't want to jinx it or anything but um it feels like people are way more relaxed about going to shows and things are really back yeah no i definitely get that sense as well even when i was in uh California a few weeks ago I didn't sense that people were nervous about going out and doing stuff anymore where as you know even a year previously because my I have a sister who lives out there 
And she mm-hmm. was telling me that that's not really, that's not been the norm for a lot. I mean, it took them, you know, they were on lockdown for like a year, but then it took them like another year to really fully get back into the swing of things. So when she came to visit us in Jacksonville, a few, like back in 2021, summer of 21, she came out here and uh, she w- like, couldn't believe that <laughs> just the the nightlife and everything was kind of back to to where it was before everything went down. And then, uh, so going out to LA was interesting just to kind of see how that wasn't really, uh, things were getting back to normal, it seemed like. So I, I think that that's definitely a good observation across the board. Things are getting back to normal, I think. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I believe we're, uh, scarred, but smarter and, uh, gonna just keep on going, man. Keep on going. Super, super happy. Yeah, and, man. Uh, excited about the festivals, the outdoor shows we've done this year have been really fun, and uh, yeah, man. You know, uh, July sometimes it's easy to kind of like get overwhelmed with a lot of stuff because it's kind of like the middle of the year, and you know, you kind of you got a lot on your plate typically. But um, I'm thankful to say that this July is like probably one of my favorite like middle of the year points of my life so far. Awesome, man. Happy to hear it. All right, guys, this episode is brought to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you, or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products. These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD, Uh, not to mention if you use promo code BOTBPOD, that's B-O-T-B-POD, you'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity forever. So head over to Best Buds, cbdstore.com and start saving on all of your cbd and delta A products enjoy guys um so you've just kind of gone through a bit of a rebranding situation yourself too right yeah. the music is sounding different it's a different approach you're collaborating with different people and you're no longer using the river rats uh name anymore it's just all under andrew scotchy right yeah the the rebrand um I mean, really, there there wasn't a conscious effort to go. I didn't go into the studio and uh, to record "Love Is Enough" and go. I have to do, or I have to sound different. I have to, this one has to be. It wasn't it, it it wasn't contrived like that at all because I can't stand music that you know is is mapped out. I like music that feels natural and it feels spontaneous and fresh. It was more so just these these songs had not been recorded yet. Um, Logan, Fritz, and Neil Reed, they were available for the sessions. They were enthusiastic about it. I had I'd wanted to record with Logan for a long time, ever since we first did a show together. And I think that once we kind of started messing around with them it, 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 in the studio, it, it kind of took on its own sound. And it, it was refreshing to, to do something, to, or to be working on something and go, oh, man, this is going to come out of left field for for some people, and it might surprise some people. And that's been really exciting because there, there's definitely some signature sounds on the album, but there's a couple tracks like Mirror and Just Fine that are really um, scaled back. And you, I mean, you can hear everything in the room, and uh, the intensity's still there, though. 
Yeah, man. What, um, yeah, the single that you put out was really good. It is totally a departure. Uh, at least the single was a departure from what I've heard in the past. Kind of like, you know, more of like a Tom Petty kind of thing, which I know you're influenced by him, but the stuff that you were, you were doing with the River Rats was definitely more hard-nosed rock and roll, it seemed like, whereas this is kind of more looking inward, I feel it's more lyric-driven. Is it, do you think that the whole album kind of represents that, or you know, are you still kind of pulling from from the younger influences? Man, I I think it's a mix, and I think that you know, like we were talking earlier, we're talking about this new chapter. You know, I think this album is also pretty synonymous with entering my thirties and um, being being reflective and 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 really kind of looking back on the past ten years and taking what I've learned from recording music and performing music and uh, just being able to do something different, you know? Um, I think that any artist uh, that has stood the test of time plays around with different genres and different sounds. And I've always... I've always done that by music. If people really listen, you know, like if, if they listen to Family Dynamo from 2018, Sleeping Alone is is 100% a ballad, you know? Um and then there's there's also rock and roll songs that are straight ahead, in your face, raunchy, um, and I, I I like the mix. You know, I think it's I think it's important to have the songs that make people just want to get up, bounce around, have a really good time, and just you know have that cathartic release. And then I I I'm, I I focus on the lyrics a lot. You know, and if a song doesn't say something, if it doesn't really take me somewhere or make me think. Um, then I'm just not into it, you know. And I also, you know, there's also some some funny, goofy moments, you know. I'm I'm surprised nobody has given me complete and utter shit about the uh, too many jam bands song. I mean, y'all are really letting that one slide. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually agree with that sentiment, though. I think there's too many jam bands, and um, uh, side hustle got kind of like like put into that box just because we played a lot of those festivals but we weren't like really a jam band we had like one or two songs that we might have gone off on a tangent on but like most of our songs were pretty arranged and um not a whole lot of improv going on and you like obviously we've we've done shows together we, we kind of kept most nights pretty much uniformed like where we did like you know a similar set list and then, but it's always been a big thing, like w even within like the the inner dynamics of the band, about like jam band or not jam band, and what how jammy to, to go. take it, yeah, man. What flavor of jam? How thick is the jam? Yeah, yeah and it's too much. Like, like <laughs> I think there's certainly too much of it. I think like how much jam is too much jam? Like, yeah, that's, that's what we're that's what we're trying to figure out, right? How yeah. like how many noodles is too many noodles? Right. And, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, um, and then also like, you know, I think there's a different approach that can be had with Im improvisational music. Like, I don't know why there still has to be so many like regurgitating of fish or the dead. Um, and then like, there's all these like bands that, are com that have come out in the last 10 years. I'm not going <laughs> to mention names. I wouldn't dare mention those names on this podcast, <laughs> but uh, there's certainly a lot of them that come out where they just sound the same. And it's like, yes, I want to hear a new, like, I'm down for the improv stuff, but let's hear it in a different context maybe. Right. Yeah. 
Chris? Look, man, the key of G Mixolydian <laughs> is fun to play in, and don't you dare take that away from us. <laughs> yeah. Have, have we made your producer angry? <laughs> I know one scale, and I want to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chris, he, he knows one scale, and he wants to use it. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> you know, all right. So here's here here's a total uh, disclaimer, and just you know, uh, on the record, I I absolutely adore some jam infused music, and I think that some of the best bands slash artists uh, that we listen to from all all the way even back into the '60s, uh, they they knew how to jam, they knew how to do it tastefully. I mean, if you listen to some old Rolling Stone stuff, uh, you know they're they're known for hooks, rock and roll. Um, but there's also songs like uh, I mean, can't you hear me knocking? There's there's a huge jam section on that, and you know, I I I think I think I was drawn to the kind of jam section or the the jam aspect of music because as we were coming up in the scene, that was really uh, that was really present in Asheville. I mean, the Tuesday Night Funk Jam was where a lot of people in my generation like learned how to just get up and play with anybody so i think there's like an educational aspect i think as a musician it's it's really it, it pulls you in because it gives you freedom to kind of get up with anybody and kind of find that universal language uh, or that universal groove um so i i absolutely love it for that i just think that some of the jam rock scene has kind of it's kind of turned into like uh in like the late 70s if you know if we're talking music history uh if you think about the late 70s with the punk movement and how it just exploded and then there were just a lot of copycat bands there are a lot of copycat bands it kind of um i don't know i think that some aspects have have reached a uh, cliche kind of sound and the song itself is also really just meant to be funny um i actually had uh, guy, guy I play with on bass, Sean. Is that right? Oh yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean messaged me the morning the album came out and he said, "Dude, I like the new stuff. I I think it's hilarious. Or I, I think that song's hilarious." So immediately out of the gate, I got a jammer approval. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's really just like I I know I I overheard people say oh there's so many jam bands so many jam bands you know i overheard people say stuff like that and then i thought it'd be funny just to you know make a little poke at it and um yeah i uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I, I i dig it man i think it's hilarious as well i do think that there there are too many jam bands just be, again like what happens is that people see a model and yeah. it works and then it's like well let's try and do that thing it's kind of what's baked it's it was what was baked into the ether for a minute there uh and i think people were just trying to hop on the bandwagon and as a result it ends up sounding like this kind of uh, just sounds redundant or like this yeah. kind of reductive version of of like the real thing so it gets saturated with all this bullshit and then you have like bands you're competing with bands on festival lineups that aren't even really there for the music. They're just there for the hang. And somehow, like, they're trying to, like, you're, like, they're existing in the same, like, capacity that you're trying to exist in. And it becomes, like, a real, um, it waters down the whole thing, I think, you know? Yeah. I mean, and 
in the song I say, um, you know, I want something new, and and that's just really um, kind of a call to to anybody that's putting out music. You know, try to say something that hasn't been said before, or try try the best you possibly can. And um, again, I really hope that people listening to this aren't don't write me off for you know poking fun at it because if you listen to my stuff, if you listen to any of our shows, actually, we have jam band qualities. Yeah, totally. And we 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 embrace those. Um, I think it's just uh, like we were saying earlier. How far do you take the jam? You know, when do you cut it off? And I think it's important just to pay attention to your audience and um, just try to focus on the song as much as possible. And um, we intentionally made too many jam bands. The song we intentionally made it like two minutes or something like that. We we wanted <laughs> nice. to make it remo- <laughs> as as Logan put it. We uh, we made it uh, Ramones long. Like we made it like as short as a Ramon song. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But yeah, man. I mean, the album is steeped, and there, there's some goofy, fun moments like that, and then there's some that are completely revealing, and it's just you know the voice and the guitar, which is how I primarily write. So what people are hearing on this album is kind of where it all starts for me, as far as the songwriting process. And if you come to live shows, you're gonna you're gonna see those songs amplified and taken taken up a few notches uh, with the intensity of the band behind it. But um, I also think I just wanted to to share a side of myself that had never really been um, caught on record before, and this album does it. I'm very I'm very proud of it. Do you feel like uh, surrounding yourself with the people that um, that you've collaborated with on this record kind of allowed you to feel more comfortable in the space to to write uh, more vulnerably uh, more vulnerably and not not to say not to the discredit i mean you know keith is one of my really good friends i I love him and uh logan i i I, you know i like a lot as well and truly appreciate him as a drummer but i'm just curious because you know whatever you 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 do one thing so long with 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 Mm -hmm. people and then sometimes you kind of feel like you're you're you know doing this thing and and like you don't think about doing like the other thing which could be a more vulnerable take Mm -hmm. or a newer version of yourself yeah you know i um i invited i think i invited both logan uh and uh uh, so we're, we're talking about logan jane who was playing with us uh last year um on drums and keith harry uh who i've played with for years and he plays bass um and sings and he was working on his album at the same time that i invited him to do those sessions um so it, it was it was very open like that it wasn't like uh i gotta go and do my thing and hide this thing from me i i invited him to the sessions but he was busy with his thing i'm like okay great yeah and then logan turns out that logan fritz who played guitar and really helped bring these songs to life that you that you hear he's a phenomenal bass player like he got in there and just absolutely crushed it um he did some really tasteful things on the album and so it was it it, it kind of naturally came together um i don't like mapping songs out to um to an extent to where it takes like it just sucks the life out you know like i i, I like some spontaneity and we actually only had one, one rehearsal before the album so me Logan Fritz and Neil Reed, the drummer that did the sessions for the album, we did one rehearsal for like I want to say just four, maybe five hours, uh, like in, with like a couple breaks, and we ran the songs. There, there was like one or two that 
really needed work but the other ones you know like the the structure was already there and logan and i really understood what this album meant and how it was going to be different and he it, it was almost like there, there were times we didn't even have to verbally communicate you know and he he was right there on the same page with me and um it's exciting i i, I want to do more and more albums with him like i'm i'm trying to get back in the studio this fall with him to be oh, honest yeah man that's awesome um, and anything i can do collaborate with him um but yeah playing with other people simply makes you play differently and I think it's important to play live with other people, record with other people. Is They're going to interpret your songs differently than somebody else would, and you're going to play differently with somebody. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really important. And it, it, as long as it's about serving the song and getting the best possible product, you know, and, and trying to change people's lives and make people happy, you know, and um, be there, you know, I think that that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, for sure, man. There is definitely an element, I think, of playing with new people that makes you just more present as well. You know, like you're not, uh, you're having to listen to, to their tendencies more and adapt uh, and they have to do the same to, to you. And it creates this environment where everyone's just very, very present, which can be fresh because when you're playing with people that you've been playing with for, you know, X amount of time, there's certainly... Um, you know, at least I'll speak from my perspective that I think that I can sometimes f like lean too much on that comfort. And um, I don't want to use the term phone it in, but um, you're, you're definitely not exercising the spontaneity in the same way. At least I, I'm not. Do, do you like, do you feel that at all? I mean, I fell in love with the performance aspect of music before I even knew what a chord on the guitar was or before I even touched any instrument you know going to shows at a young age you're falling in love with how there's people there that don't know each other but it's like you know you're one big family and you're there essentially for the same reason I fell in love with that before I knew anything technical about music so anytime I play live or anytime I record I try to have that kind of primal instinct mm. in the music if that makes sense you yeah. know I think it's very important to have the rawness and, and, and people can tell, man, um, uh, it's, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, like the quote unquote average listener, uh, can, they can tell a difference between somebody phoning it in and going through the motions versus somebody that is on stage. They're working through something. They are telling you a story. They're telling, they're sharing a very, uh, revealing part of their soul to you. And they're not up there because they like to do it. They're up there because they have to do it. And that's one thing that music has always been for me. I mean, I, I, I like it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm a totally addicted to it, but I have to do it. This is my purpose. This is my calling. And I think that people can see the difference between that and a hobbyist, you know, for, for example. And um, I think the past 10 years for me is, has been making it more and more uh consistent work days even when i'm not touring you know I'm, I'm here at my little bunker slash studio basement rattler type thing you know <laughs> rattler. And, <laughs> you the rattler <laughs> <laughs> it's got a few names it's got a few names um and it's got a side hustle poster up there it's pretty cool Fuck yeah, um dude. yeah but 
yeah, even when I'm not touring, I'm working on the promotional side of things. I'm working on, uh, you know, how can we outdo what we did last month or last year? You know, it's, it's, it's a growing process. Um, and, but yeah, short answer. I try to always, when it comes to performance and recording, I try to give it absolutely everything. And if there, if there has ever been a time in the studio where I'm like, uh, I'm not feeling something, I, I don't touch it. You know, like I, I leave it alone, come back to it. And yeah, those songs we we recorded those those uh, those songs in three days and mixed it. Uh, didn't really overthink it too much. Uh, I had never worked with Mike before. I had never worked with Mike Stevenson at the studio, but he absolutely crushed it. And he was highly regarded by Logan Fritz, so the trust was already there. And I couldn't be happier with what he did with it. And I like that we did the initial tracking in three days and we didn't screw around. You know, we, we got in there, we got shit done. Yeah, man. I mean, that's super hard to do, especially when you're not, uh, putting in, you know, six months of rehearsals or however long on the back end just to try and, uh, tighten everything up. So, you know, exactly what's happening. I think that there is an element of, of being in the moment when you're in the studio, uh, where it, something about that that uh vulnerability of like really being present uh that allows you to give uh a very real performance you know uh there's no like 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 i said before like when you get into that routine of playing tunes over and over and over again and and you know exactly what's coming next type thing um that that kind of uh i don't know what the term is i'm looking for i don't want to use apathy or phoning it in again i want to the, the but just that there's there's a level of familiarity that i think you're not you're not as on your on the edge of your seat about as a performer that i think can kind of shine through um on a record so like when everyone is there present listening making sure they're all like they're just trying to get that the perfect end result or at least the perfect performance um however that might be uh i think that that really comes through you know yeah it's important to have that for sure and i think people can hear excitement in music and they can hear you know what the experience might have been like and they if, if they really listen and for us it was it was joyous and like i said i i want to keep recording with logan uh he is a truly freakishly talented musical person <laughs> and uh uh i'm so thankful for his contributions on the album and I'm, I'm thankful for how people are receiving the album and how they're taking that simple message love is enough and you know spreading it and doing something with it and i've always just wanted to um obviously i you know got to take care of roof over my head and i got to make enough money to you know live and everything but music is greater than one person and you know a good album a good song it's it it can become an unstoppable force and i i try to you know keep that in mind when recording or playing live and i guess what i'm trying to say is it's uh it hasn't you know the album hasn't hit any charts or you know i uh i don't have that many spotify listeners in fact you know some might call it embarrassing how many <laughs> monthly spotify <laughs> listeners i have um but i don't give a fuck because i know that the amount of shows that i do the amount of touring i do and the amount of lives that i've gotten to connect with and that human connection is there and that is never going to go away and it's it's the best 
it's the best thing to count. That's 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 what I try to count. As as far as like how many human connections can you make? Even if the show, like we were talking about earlier, if people are kind of checked out or you're put in an you're put in a uh, environment that isn't necessarily conducive with your live show, if you can connect with one person, two people, whatever, and make their day better, they make your day better. I mean, that's that's what's about your your uh, mission mission is accomplished at that point. Yeah, totally. I think that's definitely the ultimate measure of success is like people, the people that do hear what you're putting out, receiving it and really uh, getting something out of it. You know, we had somebody, uh, uh, somebody locally here that saw us, they stumbled upon us. We were playing a local show and it was kind of like, it was kind of dead. Just, it was just a bad night. He he and his girlfriend were in the room and uh, there was one song that they really liked a lot and they went and they found us on Spotify and they listened to it. The next time I saw him, he brought that song up. He quoted the lyrics and then quoted like a guitar part that I played. And I was like, that was one of the first times that actually happened to me. And I was like, holy shit, that was like wild that that hit you and that guy. That's exactly what I wanted it to do. But you don't think about it actually happening. Like you don't th- like mm-hmm. just as a and then when and then when somebody tells you that it's like it, it kind of like blows your mind, you know, for the first time. Yeah, I mean, some people um, aren't aren't that vocal when it comes to showing the appreciation, you know, Um this this job that we're that that we do is is definitely um at times it can be you know pretty pretty fun high energy and i guess glamorous but for the most part it's it's grinding you know and there's there's not always a ton of thank yous hey we get you we understand you we know how much you know pain you go through just to get onto one stage (laughs) um so yeah it's it's important to count those connections and it's it's important to not compare yourself to, I mean, I think in a business sense, you kind of have, to, I mean, you have to keep up with what's going on, um, what, uh, what kind of sounds are being put out, what, you know, what, what's new and you need to be kind of competitive in that way and stay up to date, but you can't be like, oh, well, this person just got got this kind of write up in blah 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 magazine and i wanted to get that and now i suck you know and right. get down on yourself and everything and um it's really easy to go into that negative spiral um i and i've i've had to stop myself a few times because to me i mean i think that the album there's a couple songs on there that are absolute bangers and absolute hits you know and they 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 deserve um the most airplay ever and you know placements on commercials and everything but it's sometimes it can be uh, a, a a long process to get there and you have to remind yourself that it's uh best kind of success can sometimes be that slow burn you know yeah i think that i'm I, it's it I, I don't know man it's 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 so strange i've been like almost famous for like 10 years you know what i mean like <laughs> it's it, it it's funny like once you uh like 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 here i am at 30 and i i, I always love the comment oh my god how are you not huge how are you not huge how are you guys not famous 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 fame just just throwing around words like that and it's 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 that's you know that that's that's how some people think and how some people communicate so you can't shit on them too much but um 
there's so many different levels of of success is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And that kind of feeds into not comparing yourself to other people. And I think one of the greatest things that an artist can do is be happy where they are and remind themselves how, how hard they've worked to have even just some of the simple things, you know, to have your art, be able to be able to hold it and to be able to see your name on a t-shirt, to be able to, um, to see your name on a marquee, whatever, you know, just, just to be able to get to that point, you know, you got to give yourself a pat on the back and, um, yeah, my, my definition of success is probably very different than, you know, yours or maybe even, um, uh, fellow musicians, you know, um, it's, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting career that we're in because there's not a, there's not always a lot of quick, um, recognition and you have to be patient. You have to be very patient and remind yourself why you got into it in the first place. That's, that's really the thing, man. And we talk about it a lot on this, on this show, um, where I think the, 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 like being authentic is what's most important. It's what think, I think people gravitate towards the most. And then also, you know, making sure that you're doing things for the right reason. Like fame to me is, should be like the last thing on anybody's mind in this industry because chances are it's not going to happen. And also it's just not like, like it's, it's just like the lowest version or, or what's the word, metric, the lowest metric of success to me is how many people know who you are. I mean, there is an element of like being able to connect with as many people as you can through your music and all that. But I think ultimately the the best metric for for success is have you have you set out a goal and have you achieved it? And that right there, and acknowledging that you've done at least that is super important because that gives you a, that little bit of fuel, that gratification that you need to get to obtain that next goal that you're going to set for yourself. And then maybe you do that better than you did on the previous one or whatever. More, maybe more people find out. But I think if you keep doing it and you keep staying true to yourself, it inevitably reaches more people. That's just going to like the money comes and, and you know, the fame, if that's something that you really need, not you specifically, but just whoever out there, um, all that stuff, I think just kind of falls into place. If you keep, like just being true to yourself and you know to an extent uh playing the game the way that it's set up to be played but ultimately doing that uh as authentically as you possibly can i think is what what really connects with people yeah man i remember um whenever i first started you know getting out of Asheville and touring i mean it, it's it's been 10 years you know we we started traveling around uh the carolinas in 2013 and I remember my mentality at that time was just be as busy as you possibly can. And I still kind of have that mentality, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm way more strategic about things. I, I definitely know how to say no to some things. Um, there are definitely plenty of shows and situations, you know, uh, and a, a few people, not, not a lot, but, a, you know, a couple people that I surrounded myself with, you know, my 20s, I didn't need, you know, to, to, to have in my orbit. And as much as I fear and despise growing older, um, <laughs> I am very <laughs> thankful for everything I've learned. I'm very thankful for uh, my 
appreciation for life now. And you, you kind of have to go through those little moments of crisis and trying to figure out, you know, am I successful? Am I, you know, like, or what does that mean in my mind? What is that, you know, like, and what does that mean to most people? And it's, I think it's a fluid thing. I don't think anyone's got to figure it out. And I think that's one thing to keep in mind in the music industry because I've played uh, recently with um, one of my like heroes uh, in, this, in the songwriting world. And I was shocked to see how much we had in common. And I mean, we were talking about one venue in a city that he lives in. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can't, you know, I haven't been able to reach him yet. He goes, me neither. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're like the king of that city. What? Like, everyone knows you there. He's, I mean, so that's, it's important to keep in mind that, like, even some people that you put on a, like, a higher pedestal, which was this guy that I'm talking about, um, I mean, I, I got to open those shows and I would have been there anyway because they were just in our backyard. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see why I can't say his name. It was Aaron Lee Tazjan, and we did a show in Charlotte together at the Visualite, and we did a show at uh, Mills River at the Sierra Nevada Malt Disney World situation. And he was just so damn down to earth and um, relatable and just not um, stuck in anything for the wrong reasons he was a very admirable guy and a very real person and he felt the road just like sometimes i felt the road you know and it just reminded me that sometimes you think that everyone has got it completely figured out but everyone's doing their best just like you are you know and maybe they've gotten a little bit more recognition maybe they've been in it longer than you but um yeah, like you're saying, as long as you're in it for the right reasons, you know, I think it's really um, important to stay true to yourself and not let anybody tell you what you need to sound like. Um, don't do things because you think you think it'll, um, you know, f yeah, make you go viral or anything like that. I mean, at the end of the day, though, we are talking about something that ha it it it's a job. It's a job. This is this is the only job that I've I've known. You know, I, I work part time at the Orange Peel, great music venue here in Asheville, North Carolina, and I sell tickets. And I, you know, I've I've cleaned the bathrooms there before. I've cleaned up puke before. I've x people's hands for drinking too much. You know, I've I, I've been in the behind the scene thing, and I've been on the stage. And um, what I'm what I'm trying to say is. It's it's always been music, really, for my adult life. It's always been music, and it always will be music. And you have to fight, you know, to support yourself sometimes and stand your ground and set your minimum and kind of figure out, you know, what you will and what you won't do. And I think as long as you're, yeah, as long as you're, as long as you're actively doing that and you're 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 making music that is that that can unify people and help people you know it can help you get through things it can help you know the person listening get through some things um then then you're doing it and if you got a busy schedule you're playing um even if it's sometimes you know 25 people or 10 people at a show whatever you have the chance to change their lives and to have a great night and that's just something that's so valuable yeah totally man and i think that like um 
you know, like what what a lot of people view as success in the music industry or, you know, really in, yeah, I'll speak primarily in music and entertainment is like, it's not always what people think it is either. Like, you know, some like when I was in LA, I saw Corey Henry, a uh, keyboard player for Snarky Puppy. Um, mm -hmm. I saw him playing in a tiny club uh, yeah. in kind of a shitty part of town, uh, but it was... Uh, it, the place is place is packed out, but it couldn't have held more than like you know 150 people, if that. That that would be that mm -hmm. would be being generous, you know. And uh, and you know that that's a, that's just the show they were doing on a Monday night, you know. Meanwhile, with Snarky Puppies on tour, headlining festivals and playing right. big shows around the world, you know. And then when he's yeah. home, you know, you do what you got to do to to. I mean, yeah. granted, it's fun, it's creative, I'm sure, uh, you know. And then like s some of the biggest pop bands in the world are still playing corporate gigs, you know, and those are soul sucking for yeah. them because people don't pay attention to them at those things either. So it's like, uh, you know, success is never what you think it looks like, you know? So, you know, we're all, like you said, we're all doing what we got to do to kind of get by in this thing and whatever that looks like is just what it looks like, you know? It's it, there. There isn't a finish line, I think is a good way to think about it. Yeah, there's exactly. not a finish line. There's, there's not a point that you get to where like, I did it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm completely successful. Everyone take notes from me, you know. Right. I mean like I guess you could look at some of the greats, you know, some of the legendary bands that are either still on this plane or not and be like, "Oh no, they did it. They definitely did it." <laughs> um yeah, there's there's always something to be learned. And uh I don't know who the hell this is calling me. I apologize. They You're can good. just wait. I'm sorry. Is that beeping coming through? No, not at all. Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> that that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. No, you're good. <laughs> and you didn't hear that either, did you? Nope. <laughs> Why did you fart? Yeah, I farted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just joking. Or am I? The people might not ever know. They won't ever know, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, man. That that's that's there. There really is no kind of. Uh, there is no real. Uh, finish line like you're saying there's no goal post it's just, you're just you just keep going because that's what you got to do I think there's a couple things you have to have you have to have respect you know I think I mean to me um, I'd rather have the respect of a smaller um, amount of people still technically technically a, a large amount of people but I'd rather have the respect of a smaller group instead of just you know being known by millions but in, in a way to where they don't really actually listen to what you're doing Right. Um, so yeah, like as long as you make the connection with people and you're trying to do that every time, and, and you're working, is is if you're out there grinding, you're working, you're talking to people, you're communicating, you're promoting, you're you're playing shows, you're emailing, texting, you know, like doing all that groundwork. If you're if you're doing stuff like that, then you're doing it. You're in the you're in the industry, um, and and don't stop. You know, I think that 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 would. I've 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 had younger um musicians in like their early 20s or so, you know, kind of pick my brain a little bit. And I feel like the best thing you can do is not stop. If you believe in something and you're getting good feedback and you feel like it's going somewhere, don't stop. Because ultimately, you know, sticking around is a pretty powerful force. Totally, and, man. Longevity in this industry is is, you know, one of the hardest things to achieve, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And 
sometimes you don't even plan it. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't plan to, um, be when, when, when this band started, when I got the band together, I didn't, I didn't plan on it being a, uh, 10, almost 11 year project, you know, maybe at one point I thought that that would be really cool to look back on, but like, I, that was never the goal. The goal was to have fun, make music that was exciting and, um, just get a better understanding of what the fuck we're doing on this planet, you know, and trying to just understand yourself even more, you know? I think that's another cool thing about getting uh, older, and I, and I do want to uh, put, like, an emphasis on this, that 30 is not old by any metric <laughs> and oh uh, i know but 19 or 20 year old andrew would be like oh my god it's done it's over totally yeah and to it's it's complete bullshit it's complete bullshit yeah and it's like and i think that also there's an advantage to being um more seasoned as you get a little as you age a little bit more and the mistakes that you make are you know different they're not hopefully they're coming from uh, you know, the decisions that you're making are coming from a, a place of you know more wisdom and education, right. and your not fear exactly, exactly, and yeah. your your you know you're making moves that uh you're learning how to say no to things and putting your energy into the right places now. So I think that uh you know while you still do have um you know youth in you you're able to really maximize it because you don't have to like grind for the sake of grinding. Now we're grinding because it's like, well, you know, we're still working hard because we have that the energy to do so, but also we're not going to waste the energy that we do have on yeah. things that don't make any sense to us anymore. You know, that's a good way to put it. Like decisions come from a place like, like they, they turn into an in informed decision not just like hey, we'll see what happens right yeah you know? exactly i think i think that's a really good feeling of being able to like you know like you're trying to make a decision about something you're like oh i know exactly what to do in this situation because i've done it before right or something similar has happened that leads me to you know make a, a, a well-informed decision about this and that's definitely nice um yeah this is this is awesome you guys do a good thing you, you guys like provide a service you know to the the music community this is awesome thanks man i appreciate that that's what we <laughs> kind of you know set out to do originally during we started this thing during covid and it was like billy and i were just kind of looking to talk shit to each other <laughs> and uh <laughs> and as well as you know keep keep the the conversation about music moving um when everything was locked down and our tour touring stopped and everything seemed to stop for a while and so this was our way of kind of keeping the scene um moving and um when chris uh came on board chris and gene came on board last year and started uh you know and as we started thinking about getting bigger guests and different uh different things and you know the conversation's always been about informing uh people but doing it through a method of like you know conversation and yeah um and also uh, but, but now it's just gotten even more so because the type of people that we're getting on are so, um, you know, seasoned now and coming and talking to guys like you, uh, people that we've, you know, done the thing with, like you and I have been working together for years now, you know, and we've done the touring yeah. thing together and, um, 
you know, and then talking to people like, uh, you know, Bob Reynolds from Snarky Puppy and people like that that are just like, that have like this next level kind of experience. So like the idea is to really be trying to, you know, shine a light at every level of this thing. So hopefully yeah. musicians that are just getting started or that are mm -hmm. in the thick of it as well can, you know, hear a perspective that maybe they haven't considered before, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's... And, uh and there are different levels to it and everything, but it's it's important not to get you know too in your head about where you are, and just make sure you're still enjoying it and you have good intentions, man. And uh, you've always you've always had that in your bones, so it's good to it's always good to connect with you on that level, man. Appreciate that, man. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so I've been, I don't know if I told you about this. I've been slacking on this front, but uh, we do a segment on the show called Unpopular Opinions. <laughs> And uh, oh, sweet. we just too many jam bands. Yeah, too many jam bands. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time it's been talked about on the show. I can say that much right now. Right. Um, but uh, so we'll each go around, say something, and then we'll discuss right. it and see what we think. So Chris, <laughs> Chris usually kicks it off. What do you got for us, Chris? This is a simple one, but it's true to my heart. Uh, mountains are better than beaches. Just in general, um, I would go so mountains far as to are say better beaches than beaches suck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What if you? What if you get both of better. them? What if you get both of them at the same time, like in California? That doesn't sound fun. That's literally the <laughs> greatest thing in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know about all that because then everyone loves going on vacation to the beaches, and that's like the majority of what America does. They're like, all right, in the summer we're gonna go load up to the beach and burn our skin and get cancer and get sand in every <laughs> crevice in our body <laughs> and uh, roll the dice with getting sucked out to sea or eaten by sharks whereas well, the mountains are real safe too right no one ever goes missing in the mountains no avalanches rattlesnakes bears you can go check out there's like three beaches right there's the average ass beach like jack's beach that's just an average beach you've got a tropical beach uh, and then you've got like a weird California Rocky beach. There's three <laughs> beaches, and yeah. once you've seen all three of them, you're good to go. I think you can go. What about Myrtle Beach? <laughs> <laughs> I think your assessment is wildly incorrect. I've um, been to some beaches. I know what I'm talking about. Here. <laughs> but you go to the mountains. You can go in the same mountain chain, and they're all different. You're not looking at the same flat curve with water. It's like, oh, look, that's a different collection of beauty whereas i can Flat go to you know and i go to any beach on the east coast and i've seen it already so like not a fan incorrect but i do it agree with you totally that the mount that the mountains are better but i think you're totally wrong as well about beaches you are it, how, when's the last time you went to the beach <laughs> andrew what do you think uh, answer the, answer the uh, question <laughs> yeah answer the yeah. question uh, f a few weeks ago i was just on a cruise so okay <laughs> So if I lived um, where you like, if if I lived in Jacks or if I you know lived somewhere where there was an ocean nearby, I would be there numerous times a week um, for sure because I do find certain peace with the ocean. But there's there's something about the mountains that can really speak to your soul, and there's just a lot of uh, a lot of history and a lot of a lot, you can find peace. I think easier in the mountains. You know, just being alone in the woods is a is a really powerful thing, but um, I also love the ocean because uh, it's beautiful and I love it. I'm terrified of it at the same time. And it's such a cool, 
scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely there's <laughs> definitely um, an element to both that are that are amazing. I prefer a quiet beach that doesn't have a lot of the tourism that happens in like the Florida beaches do. Um, so and also <laughs> along the East Coast, like you have like the Florida beaches, and then you have like you know the Outer Banks, and you have like the beaches up in New England, which is a whole different thing. There's a wild variety of beaches just on the East Coast as They're well. Same. But then in California, you have like you know Southern California, which is like the hills that are kind of a nice juxt- juxtapos- juxtaposition. There we go against the water, and then you have uh, and then you have Northern California, which is like these mountainous, just like cliffs and that are just you know towering over these monstrosity this monstrosity of a beach and an ocean which is the pacific which is just super formidable and what an experience of just the volcanic sand that that's out there which is like all black and it's super cool it's and when you're when you find a quiet beach where there's no one there and to look out into that that's a yeah. certain kind of like perspective and and inward thinking that I think, and then the sound of the waves crashing, like all of that can be so meditative as well. Um, that being said, I agree with you. The mountains to me are, are like something about it. Like even like when I, when we went to your place up in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Winston-Salem, yeah. uh, when we spent a couple of days out there, I couldn't help but just start playing like, like bluegrassy Americana stuff. It just came. It just came out of me. I wasn't listening to it more. It's just there's something about that kind of peace, peaceful environment, quiet and and desolate that just brings out this kind of that that kind of sound out. You know. Indeed. I think Myrtle Beach is the greatest beach there is. <laughs> okay, everyone should experience Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take Vegas, cut it into fucking tiny little pieces, and scatter them into the ocean. That's what Myrtle Beach. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you ever wonder what Myrtle Beach would look like in the mountains, just go to Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg, okay. Where is it? North Carolina Gatlinburg, or South Carolina? As Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. I've. Uh, no, it's it's not too far from Asheville. Is it uh what is it like a river or like what like what is it? Uh, it's kind of like Dollywood. Like it's uh. It's like the Smoky Mountain Moonshine place, and uh, they have like some like Ripley's Bleed or not oh, things. It's, it, it, it's kind of like gimmicky. that. It's it, it's it's very gimmicky and very yeah. Um, it's Myrtle Beach for people saturated. who don't have the gas in their tank to go to the coastline. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Andrew, what do you got for an unpopular opinion? You got something that came to mind? Yeah, immediately as soon as you said the. Uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is better than uh, Dial of Destiny. I don't know what either of those things are. All right, Indiana Jones and the Indiana Jones got you. Okay, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is the the fourth uh, movie. I think it's not as bad as people say. That is. And go ahead. The new one, the new one I thought was really fun, uh but I just was kind of I was disappointed. Is is Harrison But then again, I watch What's that? Is Harrison Ford still Indiana Jones? Yeah. Does, I feel like such a 
such a turd just like saying this and you guys don't even oh man no no, no this is fine no i, I need I, to pick I, another one no, Should no, no, I pick no. another one no, no i want to dig into this real quick because for first off i think that your opinion is probably wildly unpopular because i think that i can understand people being like fans of something and not liking the fourth rendition of that thing <laughs> um yeah. but then also does it not get like unbelievable that india that harrison ford is this guy that can just do all these crazy like stunts and uh live that kind of a lifestyle isn't he like 80 years old now you're correct it does not get old <laughs> he he drank from the um the holy grail and so therefore i think he might live forever <laughs> but he's i mean he's gonna age he's just gonna like w- kind of wither away but he'll always kind of be around always kinda i love harrison ford so much <laughs> i do as indiana well. jones growing up was like like that was my action hero growing up okay. but like i i watched last crusade right before i went and saw dial of destiny and i was way too hyped up i had my indiana jones hat on and <laughs> i was just like a 12 year old oh i'm serious man i went all in and i w- we got like i think like nine people together to go to the movie and um yeah i was kind of disappointed Oh, you were just. I, I, so I you, don't you didn't like it at all. <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked it. It it it, it just uh, it was a a little all over the place as far as uh, um, plot and some of the special effects. I thought were just kind of like uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. People, you know, people could be listening and they haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, that's my unpopular opinion. I think the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. People shit on it because there's aliens at the end of it mm. but i thought it was a pretty fun movie i didn't i didn't think it was that bad let's say <laughs> let's say harrison ford it has to get recasted right as or like we have to recast indiana jones because harrison ford is just come on he's getting he's getting old and this is not believable anymore who's oh, ge- this is it this is the very last one and he confirmed that they're going to do like a tv series and like he's not doing anymore oh okay well for sure well who, yeah. who who can who can play who else can play okay. indiana jones do you think the only guy mm. that is allowed to do it is the guy that played the young han solo in the star wars movie <laughs> for continuity mm. it has to be that guy okay that's true yeah Who's that uh, guy? I, I honestly... He's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy. <laughs> I think Chris Pratt would be fucking great, actually. That's a great That's... answer. I didn't even think about that. I think he would be really good. Um, you know, he's not going to go full Andy Dwyer, of course, you know, yeah. but... He, it, <laughs> He he's gonna have that comedic side because that's one thing that those movies have that I honestly, unfortunately, I don't think the new like the original ones have that kind of goofy humorous like he hey he's doing his best. He's in over his head, oh right. You know, and he's just a guy. And um the new one's a little too fucking dramatic and points out people getting killed. It's like, yes, we know that people die in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> um it was a little too dramatic. But anyway, yeah, I think he'd be a, a cool combo of that you know indie character yeah i agree i think that's a great recasting actually uh i'm trying to think of who else could could possibly do it as well um but lady gaga yeah (laughs) Yeah, i was gonna say let's get on the woke culture and get a lady or we get idris alba to do it (laughs) they were gonna cast him as james bond that's true um work out but all right Okay, here's my unpopular opinion. Saying that uh, you're a fan, of the, the saying that you're not a fan of just whatever, right? Just it can be anything. Yeah. And then saying, but I like this thing is not an endorsement of something that, that I would take seriously, 
right? So example, if somebody was like, um, I don't like jazz, but I like what Lady Gaga did with Tony Bennett, <laughs> like that would be not a great endorsement of something like if you don't like the thing, why would I believe that this thing that you like is the thing that I would like then, right? That makes sense. It's a great beacon nice. to know what it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, okay, cool. So you like, let's use that example. You like the Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett thing. Cool. So then I know I'm going to listen to not a jazz record because you don't <laughs> like jazz. So I know I'm going to go listen to something poppy that maybe has a flavor of jazz. Well, yeah, that was just that she did. She, that, they I did that, that, that live collaboration <laughs> thing, know. which was like, you know, which is fine. But that was just an example of one thing. But I think that applies to just about anything. Yeah. You know, like it's an endorsement. Like you, if they say that, you know what you're not getting. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Like somebody came up to, to me one time. Uh, we played some like festival here. It was like years ago. I think even before Billy was in the band and um, And they were like, yeah, I'm not usually a fan of music Which is a stupid <laughs> thing to say anyways, but I like your band and I was like this is mildly insulting therapy. so <laughs> You know what I mean? Normally sounds just don't do shit for me, but the way that you guys do sounds are nice. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like, like you couldn't you couldn't um, like my my purpose is to try and make you feel something. If you're somebody that's incapable of feeling, but somehow the thing that I just did made you feel something, I'm going to question that feeling that you have and probably not want you to feel it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe like, like whenever people say that it it it's basically just them demonstrating how they perceive things and uh or what like what their takeaway is, you know, on like a, a very surface level. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. I feel like if it's coming like now say that same same setup is coming from like a friend or a qualified source, like if you came to me and said I don't normally like country, but this album right here is great, then all of a sudden it's flipped 180 degrees and go Okay, cool. I definitely need to check this out. Like, I feel like considering the source is mm -hmm. huge. Like, for sure, if a stranger's like, "Yo, I don't like country, but I like this." It's like, cool. I'm going to go ahead and ban that off my Spotify just to make sure. But if it's like, you know, someone in my <laughs> band or one of you guys, it's like, okay, I should probably check that out because this is moving the needle for something that doesn't move the needle. So, like, considering the source on this one, I don't know. It's a hundred like that's a fair complete point. Complete opposite ends of the spectrum, like night and day. Yeah, that's a fair point. I guess. The source is definitely. I don't a big normally thing. love like, I don't. I don't normally love like super duper. You know, like radio pop, like new radio pop. I fucking love Miley Cyrus's new album. Really it's amazing. Yeah, she kind of that went, would be my example. Has she kind of like gone in a different direction than like the pop stuff that she used to put out? Maybe like it's kind of more edgy. I think I haven't heard it yet, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, I mean the 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 song that's in one one of them that's in heavy rotation is Jaded, and you know it sounds like she's actually got a band you know behind her, and um, it's just tasteful, I think, and yeah, her vocals are very unbridled and just fucking rock and roll, man. I'll have it's to check awesome. that one out. Yeah, I think so. she came back off the edginess and is like making real music again okay. instead of just like shock pop. Mm. Right. That song "Wrecking yeah. Ball" was pretty good though. It's a good song. But that was in that era of just like, you know, like it was more about the video and like, yeah, the song popped off. But like the whole imagery of that just like wild naked wrecking ball thing is like 
the first thing I think of when I think of that song. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I that's feel what that. I should do. Yeah, <laughs> I should get naked on a wrecking ball, and that should be the video for too many jam bands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll or just something of that nature, and just or just maybe a video just running on the stage of jam bands and just knocking all their instruments. Bro, around. just just yeah, fucking yeah. just go, just get like a wrecking ball and get on the wrecking ball naked and have the wrecking yeah. ball go into the Grateful Dead's wall of sound. <laughs> yes. I was thinking Trey's $10,000 Languidoc guitar, but like same idea. Same idea. We're on the same we're on the same <laughs> wave same wavelength here. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> Andrew, uh thanks so much for being here today, man. This is a blast talking hey, man, to you. Absolutely. It's always great catching up. I wish you the best with everything. Uh congrats on the new album and I'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to be putting out when you get back into the studio later this fall. Yeah. Thank you, man. Anton, Chris, guys, thank you so, so much for having me, and uh, thanks for doing what you do. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Much love, y'all. All right. Peace.